Hello. Wow, that was seamless, Karen. Good morning, Wish. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, very loud and clear. Thank you. And, and, we, and I can hear you. Garen, welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's been no, yeah, well, really happy pleasure. to be on here. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Welcome to um, the next episode. So hi, everyone. Um, for those listening, um, Garen, we're doing this live and um, no, no one really listens. But just a bit of a heads up, if you see listeners on the side, it just means people are, are listening on, on a live stream. Um, uh, honestly, right. the most we've had is about two or three people so um all right well if anyone joins us you're very welcome so absolutely great to great to have you on the show and welcome to another episode of rainbows and bullshit um really excited to be joined this morning by the incredible garen rouch um who is gonna work well i'll do a little bit of an intro now um to kind of i guess Okay, how do I know? How do I know Garen? So let me start with this. Um, I met Garen quite a few years ago, actually, um, through the CIPD Central London Committee. So those of you that have listened to previous episodes, you know that we've had other kind of members of our committee um, with the work that I do with Central London. And Garen um, was actually you were OG. Like it was me and you, wasn't it, on the first year? Um, yeah, we were. We were fresh people together on it. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I've had the incredible um, opportunity to, to kind of kind of um, build an amazing kind of um, relationship and a connection with Garen, um, who's been an awesome ally, who's been a great friend, who's been a fantastic committee member, amongst other things. And we've been talking about bringing him on to the show. And so I'm excited to spend this morning chatting to you. So I haven't mentioned anything about what you do, Garen. I've just mentioned how I know you. So I'm going to hand over to you now and maybe just give you an opportunity to give a bit of an introduction to um, to the group. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, yeah, so obviously, as a, I met Wush through, uh, I met you through the CIPD, um, uh, through our Central London branch. Um, but actually, the, the day job that I have is um, I'm an organisation development consultant. So what that basically means is I, I run my own consultancy um, and I'm called in by organisations from all different industries and, and all different um, t sizes to basically work with them and to understand what's going on for them and basically sort of to achieve their goals. So, so organisation development, you know, within HR, there's there's sort of three primary disciplines. Uh, obviously, there's HR generalis generalists, there's uh, L&D, and, and OD is the, is the lesser well-known cousin of the three. Um, mm. I kind of recognise and it has like a whole body of work behind it and a, a lot of evidence approach. Um, and it's probably kind of one of the best kept secrets in HR. Yeah. Um, there, there's not many of us um so we have to work in quite uh careful ways to make sure we, we have sort of maximum impact but yeah happy to sort of describe a little bit more detail about what organization development is in a second as well fab brilliant and and i know you're incredibly passionate about organ i mean i've certainly learned a lot um through our conversation through just through us i guess and, and through through it you kind of educating me around in that in that space so i'm i'm a i'm a huge advocate and huge fan of, of organizational uh, development and i'm really excited because it's one of those things as you rightly say that you know it's part of our profession and we do use the word a lot you know and it's like oh it's od and and it's like have we taken some time to really like think about what is that what does that mean you know and and how does that and how does od you know what is od and how does it work in our organization so i'm really keen to have this conversation because i think it's going to be a really useful one for people um so first question then, so just could you describe what, like, what is organisational development then for everyone? Brilliant. Was it, well, any, any kind of, any organisation can do it. 
Um, so if I sort of, some of the clients I'm working with at the moment, so we're, we're working with a, um, a space technology startup that's got, uh, that's starting from scratch. Wow. Um, they, they've got a space on Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX rocket in wow. early 2023. And we're basically working with them to set up the, help them set their organization up. So establishing their ways of working, uh, how their leaders are, um, how uh, decisions are made and delegated, all those kind of things as well. So we can wow. help an organization start from scratch at speed. Uh, but we also work with like a, a huge uh, stockbroking organization, you know, that, that has a, a significant number of transactions every day in the financial markets. Uh, and it's kind of sort of helping them go through change uh, and sort of transition from you know, a regional model to a global model. Um, and we also just work with, you know, we also work with charities as well. So it's a, it's a real wide breadth. Um, what, what organization development does, so there's this kind of sort of multiple levels to it. And um, there's lots of different ways of doing organization development. So I'll just try and keep it as simple as possible. But the bottom line is that we're trying to help an organization achieve its goals. So, right. so what, what that basically means is you've got to understand where the, where the organization wants to get to. And then the really interesting bit is actually to understand where it is now and where the gaps are. So, so we kind of go into organizations and understand how they really work. So, so how power works, um, who has decision-making rights, who has veto, who's marginalized, who's in, who's out, how processes work, yeah. um, and even how like the organization structure influences behavior as well. Um, so, so basically when you, when you have people working under one roof, you'll often sort of see typical types of behavior occurring again and again. Um, so the challenge for us is to really sort of identify what's going on here and mm. what kind of things that we do will make the biggest amount of difference as well. Um, yeah. And, and, and what's, I guess what's really interesting is that um, uh, you have to do quite a lot of work on yourself when you do organization development. There's, mm. there's a big thing about OD, which is um, self as instrument. So yeah. what I mean by that is, is often when you're, when you're helping create change in an organization, um, people will project their emotions onto you uh, or behave towards you in a certain way. And that's just really useful data. That's really starting to understand how the organization works. So yeah. if you're sensing something that's actually happening, um, it's very likely that others are feeling the same way. So, uh, so yeah, then you have to go and then find evidence to, uh, to, uh, to do it. And, th and then you start to make the changes as well. And uh, fast, that, is, that is fascinating. And I think the, um, the thing that I was listening to when you were, when you were describing that is, is there's so much, um, as you know emotions and, and behaviors actually you know um that you have to navigate through in this space and i guess so how how do you personally navigate you know the the depth i'm sure you've well i know you've you've, you've got lots of um experiences and working in various as you as you've just mentioned lots of different organizations how do you navigate the differences and and all the kind of i guess challenges and emotions that that throws up in terms of the change and working through that change um, in mm. four organizations yeah really good question um yeah so so there's a couple of things that are really important so so often there is a, an enormous amount of emotion in organizations we're, we're, we're an emotional species um yeah. but a lot of it is actually quite suppressed we don't talk openly about it we don't name our emotions so so a lot of people will actually be acting emotionally but they'll dress it up as rational behavior Right. Um, so, so the challenge is, is to sort of identify it and yeah. then just to get, cause it, it's often, it's about helping people understand the choices that they're making yeah. Yeah. and then introducing more choices for them. Um, but there, there's definitely, there's, there's days when you've been in the training room, cause, cause what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to, cause people feel anxious. They're all trying to, everyone's trying to do a good job. There's very few people that actually set out intentionally when they join an organization to destroy company value. Yeah. Um, 
but um but but so people do feel emotional and trying to do a good job as well so you have to kind of sort of take that anxiety and temporarily hold it for them mm. and then allow them to do the work and then you give it back to them and, and the challenge as an od practitioner is the giving it back to them so there's been days in the training room where um like there's been some kind of moment where someone's just expressed something or there's been some kind of behavior and everyone's kind of and you just have to sort of take a deep breath and go okay yeah we can we can work through this <laughs> um, i'm sure i'll put that in my memoirs one day some of the stories but, um, <laughs> it's, be it's been quite there's been quite some moments <laughs> but, but it is about just helping people get to the other side and and, yeah. and 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 often you know when an organization's working really well it flows yeah you, you, it's, it's you know you can just tell that it flows and there are differences of opinion and do people do feel emotional but they deal with things really quickly and, and openly and and that's what's been really good about you know the greater conversation about inclusion for example the fact that Absolutely. people are allowed to be unique yeah yeah and that's yeah. okay and and yeah. that actually adds value and there's there's so much evidence that supports that that, that, that you know the the diversity and inclusion providing it's it's given the right platform to 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 uh, to grow just adds so much value to an organization and i think in so many ways i think our profession so obviously i'm an indian i consultant Karen I know you you work more in the OD space I think there's so many similarities in oh, what yeah. you've just described you know so many you just you know you start right at the beginning when you just mentioned something that really like caught my attention which was the fact that um it's that we we have this kind of set of assumptions right and rules and norms in an organizational setting that really prevent people from expressing emotions and or expressing kind of behaviors mm. um and that speaks directly to the heart of work when it comes to you know e equity equality diversity inclusion so and i know you, you you've just started to touch on this and this is obviously really really interesting for me how how do you think that od uh, can support the the kind of edni agenda really well, it's really interesting because I, I knew that we were doing the podcast. I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, an academic nerd, so I do like to read a couple <laughs> of papers just to see. And it was really interesting because I was I was looking at papers that sort of looked at the overlap between o, OD and EDNI. Um, and an OD practitioner is actually, according to this evidence that I was reading, that kind of don't put DNI at the top of their priorities, um, mm. as and when this paper was written a, a, few, a, right. few, a couple of years ago. Um, okay. and, and I was trying to think why that is. I think probably part of it is is that because OD has its it has its own set of values, and and DNI is so deeply baked into it yeah. that it, it's just part of the work anyway. It's yeah, not okay. it's not so explicit. Um, a lot uh, a few, more and more DNI managers actually have an OD background, and I, and yeah. I genuinely believe uh, that both can absolutely benefit from each other. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're uh, I think so so where od can really complement you know there's so there's a there's a lot of rhetoric that organizations are making and they're sort of saying they're making these big declarations we're going to do this and we do the statement but the change really just happens in the mundane it's in yeah. the real it's just the little coping strategies that everyone has really? just to get through the day so yeah. od can intervene into those areas and just give people new approaches it can challenge yeah. them and and give people the skills and the tactics to actually do things differently so you know okay so you want to be inclusive so so how do i actually genuinely include like i've there's there's like four million um, uh, reluctant managers in this country that have mm. found themselves in management positions with very little if no training. Yeah. Okay. And then it's like, well, how do you expect me to create this change? 
yeah. Um, yeah. So, they, so that that's often how they can sort of complement each other as well. Um, yeah. And I think like with everything, there's there's no silver bullet. Um, OD will fix it on its own. Uh, ED and I, you need a you need this. Um, you need policy. You need a little bit of societal change. You need yeah. senior leadership advocacy. Uh, yeah. You need a whole range of things to actually make the change happen. So I think you know it's 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 absolutely something that should happen more of. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of those principles that you've you've, you've mentioned, um, you're right. It does. It does. It, you know, it's baked baked in is is a great way of looking at it because actually, the more I think about it, um, you know, to achieve change, you have to engage people, right? And engaging people depending on who they are, means you have to take into account who they are, right, to engage that yes. individual. And that, for me, is a really, you know, is a really important point in OD, because when you're looking at developing organisations, you have to bring people with you on that journey. And that's really the kind of, you know, the bread and butter of what, I guess, what um, what you guys, you know, how OD is, it, 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 how it manifests. And I think there's lots and lots of um, interconnections and synergies that we can have within our profession. So I've got, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Garen, but like, so my listeners are going to be HR professionals or, or EG&I professionals. So what kind of like resources or like, if, if you were to say like, let's read this or like go to this place or like maybe just do this for your organisation, what would you, what kind of areas would you kind of be pointing them in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I think it depends on what you're trying to do. So I think if you're trying to sort of develop um, an ideology, like in terms of how you want to approach things, um, there's a really, really accessible um, uh, web, um, YouTube channel um, and it's called Quality and Equality. Okay. And there's a there's a really really good OD practitioner on there called uh, I'm not going to do um, uh, by Ola Lagundu. Um, okay. Uh, so it's O-L-A-L-A-G-U-N-J-U. Okay. Um, and she just does a really beautiful and simple introduction to how OD can be used. And so she talks about things like, uh, and, and really echoes our methodology as well, which is the first thing you do is you need, um, you need informed consent before you get yeah. started. I think sometimes what happens when you sort of launch a change program is that people the, who wouldn't want diversity and inclusion in their organization like and who would dare say no <laughs> um, but do you really genuinely know what you're signing up for yeah. do, you, do you genuinely know what it means to actually give up control um yeah. do you genuinely know what it's like when because because often when you have greater diversity and particularly greater inclusion things just take a little bit longer because because what mm. you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to take a hard to make decision so yeah. Um, and make sure it doesn't become hard to swallow for others. So you're looking to include people early and often in more decisions yeah. and particularly sort of marginalised voices as well. So it's like doing the work up front. So she just gives a really nice, it's 40 minutes. It's, it's a real joy to uh, to look at. Um, I think other resources, um, I, the, the big thing that we all say is that I think sometimes OD can be seen as a little bit elitist because, you know, the, the sort of the practitioners have a lot of training to mm. do it. But mm. we genuinely and I absolutely we, we run our own program on this. We genuinely believe that everybody should have OD skills because yeah, okay. if, if we have that mindset. So so therefore, you know, what kind of tools can use and a really nice, accessible place to go to. Um, and we use these all of the time um, are is liberating structures. Okay. Um, and that's a fantastic resource uh, and an incredibly generous community as well. Um, so that's liberating structures. Um, and that's basically, I think it's like 32 exercises that you, that you, that you can use. 
um, in any setting to 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 make sure that people feel that they're participating, to feel that they're being heard. And right. what it does is really open. You can, it's very easy to facilitate those things as well. So I say those two are really good places to start. Yeah, and okay. what it is, I'll, I'll give you my email address. And if anybody wants a book reference, oh my God, I've got so many references. But those yeah. those are two very good places to start. I say. And that's and, and that's that is fantastic because you know what I guess when we talk about OD we um well, I say we sorry I'm an HR professional and um recognizing the, the value of it sometimes um you know with and, and actually getting the resources as you as you say it's about just it's it's using those skills um to inform the work that then we do because it's the same like L&D or talent acquisition you know that we, we're a people um, profession overall and you know I think that, that we should be leveraging um, our, our skills or, or at least you know consulting um, with with others to to support people to be the best that they can be um, what, what so we, you talked about skills just then actually in terms of some of the great liberating I think liberating stretches oh and also sorry side note to to the people listening we will send the links mm. and the links to the resources that Garen has mentioned will be will be included in the bio for the podcast um, what skills would you say, Gary, OD professionals um, regularly deploy? So what kind of skills are we, are we talking about here when we talk about OD skills? Great. Yeah, a really good question, actually. Um, OK, so I'd say probably one of the biggest things is is the ability to facilitate. Right. Um, so and that's not facilitate with a big F, you know, you don't you have to stand up in front of an entire organisation, but it's the ability to facilitate different parties to come together. Right. Um, and and these are skills that everyone should have. So um, you know, if we if we think about um, how organisations are structured, so often you'll sort of see like a functional structure. So you'll have um, operations or sales or marketing, and and from there that you'll then get difference. Um, so your a skill of what you can do is the ability to actually bring people together and right. actually break down that sort of them and us between them so the ability yeah. to actually facilitate and and it's not about being the expert you know you know we're facilitating organizations that we're not technical experts in yeah you, you guys own the content or all, all you need to do as a facilitator is own the process Absolutely. and and that's a process of first giving people the space to actually develop an opinion themselves so if you are looking at things like inclusion diversity some people feel emotionally vulnerable talking about things and they're mm. really unsure about how they need to articulate their opinion um, yeah. and sometimes they might have an opinion that the rest of the group differs with so yeah. you have to give them a space to actually develop that opinion um, yeah. so so again just boring a liberating structure activity we call one two four all so okay. you basically um, you do it. You 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 ask a facilitative question that that provokes people into something. You give them a minute on their own to think about the answer. Um, right. And we don't. We in in often in in time we don't give ourselves space to actually think. Yeah. And then you, give them, then you put them into pairs. So then they start to socialize the idea and get feedback from others and start to test. You know, well, how does my uh, my opinion line up with others? Then you put them into a smaller group um, to say like four, and then you start to really exchange ideas, and that gives people really good confidence. So when you open up for the group, everyone's actually had a chance to develop their opinion, to to yeah. shape it, to get feedback on it. They feel heard. They feel that they've spoken. They've listened to other people, and then you open the big group. I think sometimes what you happen is when you know people sort of say, okay, well, let's talk about inclusion today, and yeah. they open up to the room and it's like it normally it'll be the usual suspects that talk you know? yeah so, <laughs> so it's like you know the people that would talk on most subjects yeah, but yeah. it's really about what does it mean to you individually so facilitations is one 
Yeah. Um, I'd probably say oh, it's such an overused term, but it's, it's kind of like a curiosity is to mm. really understand mm. what's really going on here. Yeah. Um, so, so you'll often sort of see something that will be, um, you know, two people could be in conflict and they are, um, it seems really personal and it's this conflict's been going on for, for some time. So you start to look at it beneath the surface. And yeah. So what's driving it? What's the narrative behind it? And often it turns out, you know, this potential conflict's been going on before these two people even started the organization. So it's yeah. a real wonder of thinking about how a system works. Yeah, so absolutely. to look at the, how things interrelate to each other, look yeah. at, you know, um, how, um, think about how process works and how it influences things to yeah. look at structure think about um it's, it's just asking the why question so, so yeah. why why is this particular thing happening in this particular way or, or what's not happening what's not being said yeah. and if you're always looking into that situation you're always looking for improvement yeah those those are, are brilliant to, you know for, uh, brilliant skills that i think that yeah i i i fully um endorsed in the sense of you know curiosity when you're talking about curiosity because you're so right there's so many so many um moments where I, where I was um really reflecting on my own journey and uh curiosity uh is such an important one as you rightly say garen and you know i know that there's a, the analogy curiosity killed the cat i think curiosity <laughs> saved my life <laughs> so like yeah. like i i think we we fear curiosity because of the way it's like oh like you know don't don't ask too many questions or don't get a sense of it because and actually i go as far as saying if curiosity it saved my life really you know specifically mm -hmm. last year um where i developed my own a curiosity about myself so i think this is a link here in terms of you know, if you are curious as, as an individual, you can cultivate curiosity. Talk, I'm talking to yeah. someone who um, who's done that <laughs> very recently um, and explored that. And I think it starts with yourself, right? So there's there's a lot of, um, and then that then translates into in, into what you see then in your organizations um, and how you can mm. you know influence um, kind of change. So that curiosity one is is banging. I love that. I love that as a yeah as a, as a focus and, and just and, and and i think you're you know I'm, I'm just really pleased that you know you've just given a really good demonstration of how it does serve you um i think um not everyone thanks you for being curious I know. <laughs> um, particularly in the world that we live in it's yeah. where we we just work in issues and speed and all that kind of stuff as well and you know this kind of problem solving uh world that we live in and um, to be curious means to actually slow things down a bit yeah 100%. And, and that's not welcome so I, yeah. I would i would say like the third skill that's really useful for od consultants and and for anyone in any organization doing anything is the ability to ask questions yeah. um so and you know there's the way in which you ask questions are, are basically really thought-provoking for the individual so they actually if you can ask the right questions it just gets help someone to actually question what they're doing yeah. um, and it's not about you telling them that they're you know they're doing a particular wrong thing or whatever it's kind of sort of helping them come to the conclusion so it's like you know it's getting people to actually understand the you know being curious and, and then asking people to understand what the impact of their behavior might be doing on someone else or something yeah. like that so those just those just having a really good like bank of questions that you ask you only need like about 10 different sort of questions and that will open up most conversations and allow you to be curious and then people soon forget that you're being nosy and curious yeah, 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 yeah. they're having absolutely. their own sort of cathartic moment to themselves absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely 100 percent and uh, yeah fully fully um 
I, I, I can talk about exa examples of please yeah, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> one of the things I'd, I'd want to question here um it, based on this um question for you Garen is yeah. um so one of the things I, I I hear a lot of um and I'm not sure if you do but people talk about well you know we're we're a small team OD is 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 fancy and it's it's great to have as a resource but we don't have millions of pounds we don't have unlimited resources we don't have big budgets where we can bring in kind of OD practitioners or facilitators or, or etc so I guess what would you say to to that to, to those that may be thinking that um you know OD requires lots of resources or lots of money yeah good question um yeah so i think yeah there's not as much understanding of od as there could be um mm. sort of to, to mangle a, a quote by michael grade someone uh, you could describe od as a b-day um, it, kind of, it looks it, it looks very posh and it adds a touch of class but no one really knows what it does <laughs> so, so so organizations actually do have od capacity don't necessarily use it to the best intent so right, sometimes yeah. you'll actually see od practitioners being engaged on things which are actually you know they, they're going to do very well because generally you know the internal od capabilities is very good um, okay. it could be doing something much more at an enterprise level right um, okay. so it, it doesn't have to be you don't have to necessarily have an od practitioner on site internally right but it's about having those principles in there as well um so, uh, you know, I, I think if you do want to use it, then Perry Timms came up with a quite a nice philosophy. Okay. I think his book, um, he was sort of talking about, you know, the, the way of the workforce is going to be, you sort of add temporary capacity. So you right. add some OD capacity. Um, I was talking to someone who did a big project um, at a very large supermarket the other week. And, and I mean, a big, big change project. And OD was used very sparingly. Um, and right. the way it's done is it's actually, they sort of help you set the roadmap and then basically what you do is the actual doing is done by like a champion yeah, group or a group of sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that actually works much better as well right. because it's people with local knowledge, they know the terrain and they have access to conversations that OD consultants wouldn't necessarily have. Right, um, okay. And they can challenge in the moment as well. So I think if you can sort of get a group of people that are sort of living those kind of humanistic values, okay. um, they're relatively commercially savvy. So they, they're actually balancing the two things. Um, if they are curious and people respect them, then I think that's a really good platform about like, okay, maybe we can build like a bit of a change program around these guys. Yeah, um, okay. And then just basically, you know, um, there, there's good f um, uh, resources like Roffey Park is like the, the sort of one of the sort of the yeah. centers for organization development in this country. And they sort yeah. of run regular courses. Um, we run a course, which is like um, OD skills for HR practitioners. And it's basically, it's part of about helping them develop the mindset. And then the second part is actually the skills. So it's actually giving them a toolkit for a variety of different scenarios. So, you know, and, and re really someone could be up to speed to do, you know, some, some fairly good OD um, within two days, but then it's an okay. ongoing piece of support and, and people kind of working together. You know, but, um, you, know you can train in OD for, for years and years and years and you get yeah. a master's like I've got, but, um, you know, you can get it with some basic principles in place. Yeah, okay, that's really helpful. Um, I've got a question for you. This is probably more of a, a personal one, but you're incredibly passionate about the world of organizational development. And I know that firsthand. And this has been really useful, I think, in terms of engaging HR. I think I think looking into how we can make more use of uh, development. Why are you so why are you what's driven your passions around OD? What's what's um what's the driver for you in terms of OD and, and the passions for you? Yeah. Um it's 
so I, I kind of found OD okay. um, and it was kind of born of frustration. Um, <laughs> so um, there's, there's an enormous amount of unnecessary suffering that happens in organizations mm. um, and it can Preach. really profoundly impact people to their very mm. core and they take that home with them as well. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is from misunderstanding, miscommunication, good intention gone bad, um, people being hurt and want to be hurt back. And yeah. and it just felt that there, there was just another way of doing it. Um, and, and kind of what OD, so, and, you know, I had my own career before getting into OD and I sort of saw that firsthand as well. And then what, what OD kind of found as, as I got further into it was it kind of looked on things on, on a number of different levels. So it's like um, the, the individual, because the individual has to take responsibility for their behavior. You know, right. it's very easy to blame the organization. So it works at that level, but it also works at the systemic level. And it looks at, you know, what's really influencing what's going on around here as well. So, and, and I think you do um because like my mom still doesn't understand what i do even though I don't <laughs> say, she thinks i make people cry for a living oh. but, but happy tears because when you do oh. when you do genuinely get a breakthrough yeah and someone suddenly either comes to the realization that they're partly responsible and they actually have a lot more agency than they actually think they do yeah, okay. or they can actually start to see where or things start to work and flow there is nothing quite like it it really yeah. generally and and often when you're doing change they all sort of say that uh the, the dawn is just before, I say, but the darkest hour is just before the dawn so you yeah, have to go okay, through some quite right. difficult change and then when you do it so it is it's intensely rewarding and what's really nice about od is that when you kind of leave the organization because obviously we're temporary scaffolding we, we don't want to be in there we, do, we don't need yeah, that dependency yeah. on us you go back and these really wonderful unexpected things happen as well so it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving um okay. so yeah so that that's what and and I think the fact that it's just so accessible um, yeah. as well. So that's yeah. that's probably one of the things that or many things that, that drive me to do it. That's gr really help great insight, actually. Um, and I know I know some of you know the trajectory, but I think it's it was really great to bring that to life for our listeners because um, you really do. Um, you're not just a champion of OD because that's a really vanilla term, isn't it? Champion of dessert. But honestly, I see you speak about it and, and talk about it, and and honestly, the 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 humanness, which I think we sometimes are at risk of potentially, um, you know, not having enough of in the corporate world, I think is, is very resonant. And, and there's really clearly a, a great reason. Um, and rash, that kind of it, your, 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 your story is fantastic to be able to support why OD is so important and so critical um, to organisations. So really, really big, big um, thank you for me um, for coming on the show, Garen. No, thank um, you. And thank you for letting me talk about OD. <laughs> no, absolutely. Listen, I think, you know what? It, I absolutely um, applaud your passions. And I'm, that's what the point of this podcast is bringing passionate people, um, having a conversation with them and hearing about them. And, and, I, and I'm, I was, I'm really excited. And I know others will be as well. Final um, kind of thoughts from me, I guess, if you had like a few little tidbits or some tips or um, a few pointers of advice to give people listening about OD or how they could potentially implement that or or anything really any tips or tricks um, for our listeners what, what would that be okay um, well probably the biggest thing is start small okay. um, you know even even when we work going as professional OD practitioners we we often start small and build out yeah um, culture change happens not by big bang so to go yeah. rather than going ta-da we're doing a transformation and we goes oh god it's like the fourth <laughs> transformation we've had so far being able to actually point to something that's already working um is really valuable so yeah. start small 
and yeah. just understand that there is a ripple effect in organizations yeah, so the, the win is just seeing somebody's behavior just change or just to stop themselves or just to sort of before they do something they've always done in the past so i would always say start small and you know just start where you start um as well um yeah i think there's just it shouldn't ever be intimidating and 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 i think the other thing as well is that kind of sort of trust your instincts as well mm, mm, if it, if it yeah. doesn't feel right sometimes we, we we're enormously prone to bias in organizations yeah. Yeah. and and groupthink is another thing yes. so if, if you're yes. an individual and you're watching something that's happening and it doesn't feel right so it doesn't feel inclusive um and it doesn't feel um that um, everyone's been heard or you don't feel that it's a good quality decision yeah. um, don't stay silent yeah okay. because that actually makes the problem worse so Absolutely. what we'd always say is just to is to trust your instincts and 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 speak out or you know speak to others and then just to then test that it's so rather than because that's how organizations become what they become that's how they become yeah. dysfunctional is because a number of yeah. people stay quiet along the way and yeah. those group norms form and the stronger yeah. a group norm yeah. forms the harder it is to change as well uh, yeah Absolutely. What you just described there, Garen, is racism versus anti-racism uh, in, in a nutshell, really, um, in terms of actively being anti-racist and calling it out, calling it in, um, as opposed to being passive and seeing behaviour and, and not doing anything about it. So that, again, I just wanted to link that because I think that's really it's uh, so powerful what you've said. I've got a few tidbits actually from this. Changes in the mundane, love that. And then the temporary scaffolding you mentioned, so like with temporary scaffolding, so the great, great imagery in terms of um, some of the things that OD can help with and how we can build more sustainable change for our organisations. Um, so thank you. No, right. thank it's, you. Um, so that is a wrap. Thanks again for, for coming along, Garin. Um, uh, for the listeners, I will absolutely make sure that the links to uh, resources and references Garin has spoken to are in the bio. Um, I've been wish. I've been wish. <laughs> I am wish. <laughs> I'm still alive. Um, it's been real. Have a great uh, weekend. Um, we're recording it on Friday, but this will come out on Sunday. So I'm hoping you've got, you're having a lovely weekend and take care.